August 10, 2023. My name is Jaron Jackson, and I do love America. For me, it's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Believe the gospel, his death, his burial, his resurrection. That's the only way to salvation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you watch this. I want to talk about, if I may, today, the deep state death throes. This will be an optimistic rendering of what I think is going on in this nation. And it's going to just be a pulse check. I believe, because I believe the gospel, and I believe that Jesus is zealous for his government, Isaiah 9, chapter 6 and 7, that the increase of his government will increase on and on and on. And there will be no end to the increase of Christ's kingdom. Because I believe that he's on the throne, and I believe that he is zealous for his government, and I believe that he expects his enemies to be footstooled, which is Psalm 110, that's Hebrews chapter 10, 13. Jesus expects his enemies to be destroyed, to be defeated. And what that looks like is they start to obey the gospel. They start to obey his beliefs, his, his teachings. That's what I believe. If you don't believe that, okay, that's, you know, we can, we can have our disagreements. You can still be in Christ and have a different perspective. But I'd like to point out, I'd like to lay out a case if I could. And I want to take it from an angle that you might not think about. Because whenever you hear deep state death throes, you think of something dying. It's last moments. It's last gasps. And I want to be very specific because I don't think that you're ever going to eliminate the deep state. I don't normally use that word, but let's just use it in a general overture to mean people who are conniving, scheming, using schemes of greed, graft, corruption, and otherwise subterfuge to attain power at the expense of other people. They exploit other people to use it for their benefit, to use it to wield and to shape the world to, to what they want it to look like. I believe that these people do not know Jesus. I believe that they deny the gospel. And as a result, I know that they will never win, ever, ever, ever. I also think that there is a way to recognize that that evil is always going to be present until Christ comes back, whenever that is. And so while it is not mine time or your time to know when God returns, Acts chapter 1, it's not for us to know the seasons whenever Jesus returns. It is for us to wage war, according to Jesus, by Jesus, on anything that elevates itself against Jesus. And in this case, if there is a small cabal of godless commies in charge of government, using it for their benefit, exploiting other people, lying, then what we do as Christians is preach the gospel, glorify him, do all things, whether in word or deed for him, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, we also go directly at these people in love, the way that Christians are supposed to do. And I want to kind of lay this out because I believe that the cabal, the small, deep state, numerically small number of people that have managed and maneuvered to get themselves to the position of the heights of American power, I believe that they are about to get their comeuppance. And I believe that if I can lay out the case that the what they have done around the world has caught up with them to the extent that the rest of the world does not want them anymore, that doesn't mean they can stop them. But the rest of the world, I believe, sees these godless commies for what they're doing. They see America as a bad force, a force for bad. 
This doesn't mean they can't rival America. They certainly can't beat us or fight us militarily. They will lose. But I also think that that's one of the death throws. Because these godless commies have had overseas adventurism, the military-industrial complex, the central banks. These schemes of greed, greed, graft, corruption, and otherwise subterfuge have leveraged these incredibly brilliant ploys against other nations. And instead of doing standing armies, they've done a centralized bank. They've done a globalized currency. They've relegated the water channels around the coasts of continents. It's called the Mahan strategy. It's what our Navy uses. But now they're starting to use that against us. They're starting to use that against America. So if I can, I'd like to lay out the case of, let's start globally, let's start internationally. We'll start internationally and we'll work our way back to the United States. As we work our way back to the United States, and I show you these clips, have a mind's eye for the rest of the world is already ahead of America in as far as despotism and tyranny and those types of things. And as that is happening, it seems like the noose is getting tighter around America, and I want to speak to that uh, as we go on. But first, I just want to say yesterday that the leading opposition candidate in the Ecuador presidential campaign, the dude that was for nationalism and against socialism, got killed. Here is a video. It doesn't show it, but here is a video of the chaos of that immediate situation. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hard to watch, hard to think. There's another video that actually shows the guy walking into the car. I just didn't want to play that because maybe I'm weird like that. But if I see a video and I know it's the man's last moments, if I know it's that person's last moments, the only thought that I have in my head is, dear Lord, please know Jesus. Please know Jesus. It really convicted me in, in October of 2010 you know, we killed guys that were placing in a bomb. They were legitimate targets, lethal or lawful targets. And walking over their bodies, it just hit me. It's two o'clock in the morning. They're bearing a bomb and we see them plain as day because they don't have thermals. We do. We walk over the bodies and I'm just like, man, these guys are in hell. Because they probably don't know Jesus. And if they don't know Jesus, they're going to go to hell. And, and that's, that's a lot of reasons why I am the way that I am about the gospel. I'm not ashamed about the gospel for it's God's power to salvation. At the same time, you can make all the greatest, brilliant, smartest arguments in the world, but if you're not right with Jesus, you're going to die, bro. <laughs> like, you're going to die. And when you die, there is no do-over. I'm not a Catholic. The, purgatory doesn't exist. The Bible doesn't teach purgatory. The Bible says, specifically, it, it's appointed once for a man to die, and then comes the judgment. You die, then the, then there's the judgment. So, um, that's Hebrews chapter 9. Um, here's this next idea. This is Imram Khan. Imram Khan is the, was, I should say, was the leading presidential candidate in Pakistan. Or as Obama would say, Pakistan. So he's a leading candidate in Pakistan. And he was asked this by a reporter just last week before he was arrested and is no longer able to be a candidate for the president of Pakistan. So, reporter asked a question. 
He gave the answer, and then all of a sudden he's arrested and he can't participate in politics anymore. Here's the video, watch this. Will you allow the American government to have CIA here in Pakistan uh, to conduct cross-border counter-terrorism missions against Al-Qaeda, ISIS, or the Taliban? Absolutely not. There's no way we're going to Seriously? allow any bases, uh, any sort of action from Pakistani territory uh, into Afghanistan. Absolutely not. Let me let me get my loyalties right. My loyalty is with the United States. That's my home. My loyalty is first with Jesus. Amen. Because you know this world is not my home. That heavenly membership, that heavenly citizenship, that kingdom, is where my citizenship is. On Earth, with an F, I live in America. The United States is my home. I want America first before any other nation. But I don't begrudge other nations looking for their nations first at the expense of America. I do think that you can have good relations amongst nations if you take guns out of the equation. You build commerce. You build trade. That's what our founders believed, which is why the main source of revenue for taxation in this nation was built on tariffs and not the money that you make. We can get into that in another time. Maybe for another day. But Imran Khan, the Prime Minister of Pakistan, is no longer allowed to run for president because he said no. Well, I, it, it, he's not allowed because he said no CIA. I'm saying he's not allowed because he said no CIA. That's my speculation. My position is that the godless commies running America through the military-industrial complex and the central bankers and all these other things, the deep church... You got a bunch of pastors that are cowards and they started locking things down. They said, we got to obey government because it's loving. And it's like, dude, <laughs> you guys need to get Jesus. Anyway, um, so you've got deep church. You've got the deep college. You've got the deep, you know, all sorts of stuff. All sorts of stuff deep. These nefarious actors. Well, you got the CIA putting warheads on foreheads all over the country manipulating nations by assassinating political figures. And here's Imran Khan from Pakistan, Pakistan, saying, no, we're not going to let the CIA. And the reporter's like, seriously? Seriously? See, he had an expectation of the question that it would just be granted yes. And the subtext was, we can do cross-border bombing runs so that we can go fight terrorists. Think about that for a second. I'm in America. If you're listening to me and you're in America, you are in physically America. What do you need to do to spend a bunch of tax dollars on you know, planes dropping bombs and bullets and killing people halfway around the world 11 time zones away? How does, that, how does that equate? Especially if the dudes that you're killing are wearing man jams, they're running into, cave and they, they're running into caves and they farm the same dirt that everybody before them and their family has farmed for the last three millennia. Do you need to be over there shooting them in the face and killing them? Well, Jaron, we got to take the fight to them, said the globalist on the military-industrial complex payroll. Let's go to Jerome Powell. This dude was in front of a panel yesterday, and he was asked about inflation. Now, I'm going to... So we've gone global. We've gone international. Now we're going to come back home real fast to America. We're going to lightly touch on it because he's going to talk about central banks. And then we're going to go back to Australia. But remember, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to lay down the, plant, the picture. I'm trying to establish the frame and paint the picture that the activities that these godless commies have done throughout the world over time, internationally are starting they've they've been spotted 
The world doesn't like them, and now they're coming home. So here's Jerome Powell speaking about inflation. He's a stupid moron. Watch this. For the general public, for those working families and people, why 2%? Why is getting it to 2% so important? Um, so that's, that has become the globally agreed, <clears throat> essentially all major central banks target 2% inflation in one form or another. Um, and uh, it, How does that help my Nevada families? How does that help people in Nevada? I'll tell you how it does. And it, it, it's, um, I guess it's, it's obviously not, uh, it's not obvious how that is, but it, what 2% inflation, to have people believe that inflation is going to go back to 2% really anchors inflation there because, you know, the evidence is, is and, and the, the modern belief is that people's expectations about inflation actually have a real, an effect on inflation. If you expect inflation to go up 5%, then it will, you know, if everyone kind of expects that because that's what businesses and households will be expecting and, and it will kind of happen because they expect it. So so he said a couple different things that I think are just stupid. One is majorly demonic. The majorly demonic thing that he said is this law of attraction. If you think it, it will happen. That is straight up new age. You're going to go to hell if you think you can just think things into existence. It's Gnosticism. Jesus is king. Christ is king. Pray to him. He answers prayers. He gives good gifts. So this Gnostic New Age, you know, uh, you know, kind of thinking into existence kind of a thing. It's this is Zen Buddhism. Stay away from that. The second thing is, if people can just think about inflation, Why don't we talk about lawful money? Why don't we talk about the fact that the Federal Reserve is a private entity? Why don't we recognize that the petrodollar has been the forced reserve currency of the, na of the, of the world, which has compelled nations' economies to align with the United States? And for the long time, America, Americans, have benefited from it. We've absolutely benefited from having the petrodollar, the US dollar, as the global reserve currency. But now what happens whenever the central bankers are coming to Americans, starting to want to know if we're spending more than $600, starting to want to know, uh, you know, where do you have your money with this? Where did you get this income? Where, where's all this stuff going? This touching of all the money and understanding where everything's coming from, that's deleterious. I love that word. That is dangerous. So anyway, let's, let's go to Australia. This is, uh, you know, I, I don't know the guy's name, but he's a, he's a senator. He's asking a very specific question about Pfizer. Pfizer gave two batches of doses. They had a dose that they gave their people, and they had a dose they gave everybody else. Here's the testimony. Read that uh, your vaccine mandate was using your own batch of vaccine, especially imported for Pfizer, which was not tested by the TGA. Is that correct? Uh, Senator, so Pfizer undertook to import um, a, a batch of vaccine specifically for the employee vaccination program. So he's under oath. He admits the fact that the Pfizer vac the Pfizer employees get a different vaccine. I'll just on a, on a side note, the optics. You get these diminutive, low energy, bland personality white guys, suit dudes in suits, to speak very monotonously reveals incredible things. I believe that that's on purpose because if folks saw emotion, if they saw the anger, if they saw those types of things happening, yeah, we gave a different set of shots for our people as we did for other people, people would be pissed because they would pick it up. But this is the type of presentation that even though he's telling the truth, the bombshell goes right through your ears and you don't pick up on it. I believe that's by design. 
And I believe that that's by design because we're going to get to um, Chris Ray. Chris Ray, the director of the FBI, is such an optic player. He's a dude, white guy, bland, monotonous, you know, low energy, not entertaining, not like me, and in low energy. And because of this, he says incredibly powerful things that no one takes notice of. And I believe that this is one of the traps that the enemy lays. The godless commies know that if they put someone boring in front of the camera, most people won't care. Most people just change the channel. Move on. Let's let's do the next thing. Especially whenever you got stupid TikTok videos. You got people doing stupid stuff. So there's this element of snagging people's attention to get them away from the things that are obvious and true. But anyway, here is uh, Chris Ray, the director of the FBI, admitting the fact, he's admitting the fact that they're going after radical tradition Catholics. Watch this. Between a traditional Catholic and a radical traditional Catholic? Uh, I'm not a, an expert on the, the Catholic uh, orders. Well, your FBI wrote a memo talking about radical traditional Catholics. I'm just wondering if you can define it for us. Well, what I can tell you is you're referring to the Richmond product, which was a single product by a single field office. Breaking news coming in because the House Judiciary now claims they have documents showing that both the L.A. and the Portland field offices of the FBI were contributing to this this assessment that Catholics, we're talking about traditional Catholics, were potentially domestic terrorists going on to say, quoting here, uh, this suggests that the FBI's use of its law enforcement capabilities to intrude on Americans' First Amendment rights is more widespread than initially suspected and reveals inconsistencies with your previous testimony before the committee. This is striking to think that you had field offices in Portland and Los Angeles literally kind of, you know, getting together to work out this idea that these were domestic terrorists, Catholics. A single product by a single field office. Yeah, so the, the idea here is pretty simple. The FBI is going after Catholics. Now my question is, and there's a lot of things here. There's a lot of, there's a lot of layers in my thinking here. The first is, what is the FBI doing? What is the federal government doing turning the guns on its own citizens based on their religion? This is expressly prohibited in the First Amendment, not to mention all the other state constitutions. By the way, you should go to your state constitutions, and if you want to read and know, understand the common law, go to commonlawpeople.com, free seminar, enter the email, you're, you're a member of everything, you get the maxims, you get the dictionaries, you get the 12 hours of content, it's all free because people need to learn it, people need to know it. And I believe that that's the, uh, that's the optimism to this stuff with Chris Ray. Chris Ray is part of these godless commies that are using the powers of the state, cloaking the justification, the use of force under national security. And by claiming national security, they can make things secret, they don't have to tell you, and then they get to do incredibly authoritarian, un-American, illegal, unlawful, dangerous, immoral, unchristian things under the notion of helping people. I want to speak to this. But I first want to show Devin Nunez, the CEO of Truth Social, Trump's social media platform, but also former California uh, U.S. representative. He's making the exact same point. Here's Devin. Where it went awry was when Obama came into office and the Obama regime figured out how to corrupt specifically, and this is lost on a lot of people, they're, they're corrupting DOJ and FBI not on the whole they're doing it where the power is and that's in the national security division of the doj and the fbi 
Ironically, what do they have access to? All of the secret tools. And so you often wonder, I mean, because gosh, I know a lot of people that are in the DOJ and the FBI, friends of mine, people I went to school with. Um, and you wonder, well, those people would never be that corrupt. Well, what it is, is if you use national security, they get to say it's classified. Uh -huh. So when you really look at it, they have a small cabal right in Washington, DC. They get to run it all out of there and they get to keep everybody out of it. So they've, they've been able to, to run total shenanigans. So look, during the Bush administration and going back, the, the, the national security division was laser focused on terrorism. But what happened is they've taken the tools of the state and turned it on their political enemies. Very tricky, very evil, very corrupt. Yeah, very unlawful. Couple different things. I believe that this has been going on well before Obama. So I agree, I, I'm politically on Devin Nunez's side, generally, but I disagree that it only started with Obama. This has been going on for decades, folks. If you're not understanding what your constitution is, what your state constitution is, the relationship of government, then you lose this argument. This is where I think that the failure of modern conservatism is. See, here's the idea. Even though I agree with what he's saying, that there are people who have hijacked the state apparatus using the fig leaf of national security to wield power unduly against their political enemies. I mean, look at what they're doing to Trump. Even though I agree with that, he's wrong in the sense that where's the FBI's constitutional charter? Where does the federal government get the granted power to have a police state, to have a police force? Where, where were they given that authority? Where were they given that authority for the FBI to have those delegated powers? And so then you think, well, why are these agents going around to people's homes and investigating and asking questions and arresting and charging people with crimes? And it's like, that's a great idea. That's a great question. Where did that power come from? Show me the legislation that created them. And then whenever you show me the legislation, I want to see in the original statute where you get this authority and what the purpose of the created uh, jurisdiction or the created agency was. This is how you have to start thinking. And so the failure of modern conservatism is that if it's just the right and the left, it fails as a paradigm because there's no remedy. The remedy is we're going to get back to what the law is. We're going to get back to what the Constitution is. And we're going to demand strict observance of the law. Now, you may be thinking, well, Jaron, that's, uh, that's all pie in the sky. That doesn't really happen. I want to speak to you, if I can. Uh, there's a, um, what was it? Let's just go to our screen here. And this is where I go, I risk. This is a screen, and this is a guy breaking federal prohibition on firearm possession by drug users ruled unconstitutional. He's speaking about, um, trying to find the case. He's speaking about the case. <sighs> I can't find it. But he's, so he's speaking about a case, and my, the, the point that I'm trying to make is, I spoke to this a couple months ago. There's a Bruin case, B-R-U-E-N. Bruin case established a precedent, which isn't really a precedent, but it just forces the judiciary to say what the text of the Constitution says. To say the text of the original law, which is your state constitutions and your U.S. Constitution. And if you know these things, this is the law. And these federal courts are spilling the beans. These federal courts are overturning ATF rulings left and right. And they're doing it because the law is telling them to. Not because some judge decided to be, you know, was appointed by a Republican. And not because some judge said, you know what, I'm going to be a Republican or a conservative judge today. It's this was the law and the law is compelling them to, which is the point.
So here's, here's my setup because I'm calling this the deep state death throws. The deep state death throws have gone international. The military industrial complex, nation building, central bankers, the pharmaceutical industries, the lockdowns, those types of things. I believe the rest of the world hates it. I believe the rest of the world sees it. And now those chickens have come home to roost here in America. The lockdowns, the jabs for jobs, the, uh, the, the central bank digital currencies, though, like th these types of things are coming. They're coming. Now, here's where I believe that God gets the glory. He gets the glory everywhere, but this is where, I, you know, I could be wrong, but this is where I think that God's working. I think God is working where his people, his people, the ones in Jesus, not Americans, but the ones in Christ are looking to him and only him. They're looking at their Bibles and they're recognizing there's a myth truth here. There's something not right here. Now, because his people who hear his voice aren't just waiting to be, you know, taken up out of here, but they actually do stuff. They take that perspective that Jesus is king and they challenge every single thing in their life. And then according to their time or their talents or their opportunities or their gift in, giftedness, they say, well, I'm naturally drawn to food production. So I'm going to, by God's glory uh, you know, and his grace, do food that's not genetically altered or it doesn't have vaccines in my cows or something like that. Or if you are good with your hands and you build stuff, I'm going to form a private membership association and I'm going to uh, use my trade to bless the people that are around. Like Jesus as a carpenter, I'm going to build stuff to God's glory. Then there's people in the law that recognize there's a bunch of injustice and I'm going to look at the words that everyone's agreed to that gives you this authority and I'm gonna to demand to see where your authority comes from. And whenever I don't find it, I am going to like a bulldog clamp down and I'm never gonna let go because pointing out the specific truth about what the law is, what the law says, and the disparity between what these crooks are doing, I believe is one way God will very powerfully get glory because it is so simple. It is so simple to say it is written. Now the danger for the rest of the world is that if they don't have a common law system, they can't do what we do in America because they have nations and they have governance and they have laws based on not Jesus. They got laws based on other traditions. They got laws based on other paradigms. They have laws based on other worldviews. And that's where America is so exceptional because America, with Christian founders for Christian people, gave, instituted, designed a government for Christians to run, to rule, to regulate, to govern. And now that Christians in America, I believe, are feeling more pain, the pain that the international community has felt for decades, if not longer, but now that American Christians are feeling it, now it's like, okay, what can we do and that is when someone from the government says something, if you know what your rights are in the law, you can say, that's not true because here's where it's written. Show me where you're able to do that. And the more people that catch on to this type of thinking, the more people that catch on to, you can't do that because it is written, things change. And at the same time, the, the way to salvation is the word that God has provided 
It's the Bible. It's the gospel. And here in government, it's this idea that we are made in God's image and government is not our overlords. They are our servant. That is a Christian perspective. That's what the Christian founding fathers gave us. And that is what I argue Christians have to do today. This isn't going to be an atheist salvation message. It's not going to be something that the Muslims will do. It's not something that the uh, the Buddhists will do. It's not something that anybody will do except for people who read what's written and believe it. And I, I you know, my bias, clearly, my bias is that I believe that only Christians are capable of doing that. Not that other people can't read and believe, but the concept of it is written requires faith in the authority of the words. And if you don't have faith in the authority of the words, the words don't mean anything because you won't live as though it's true. And this could speak to your Christian walk. If you say, oh yeah, no, I, I, I love Jesus. I live for Jesus. But like you're selfish or you're always talking about, you know, um, shying away from problems or you don't want to engage or you know, you're not willing to die or lose something to, to, to go against an injustice or to, to, to give it to God. If, if you are a coward, do you really believe Christ? Because Paul writes, to live as Christ, to die is gain. I don't want to die in a horrible blaze of, you know, gun battles and cancer or prison time or anything like that. But it's like, you know, my present suffering is nothing compared to my future glory. Why am I acting as though I'm afraid of the government? Why am I acting as though I'm afraid of losing something? And that gets down to faith. And so my whole point for this opening monologue is the idea that the deep state throws are happening because I believe that people are returning to Christ. They're either returning to him or turning to him. And as they do that, their faith will be emboldened because it will have been grown or tried or tested as though by fire. And there's only so much pain they can bring before you recognize, send me home, take me home, send me to my master because I'm demanding you show me where you get that authority. Shoot me in the head, slip my throat, put me in prison or give me cancer, whatever you want. It's not worse. It's not worse than the fact that, you know, I'm going to be able to be with Jesus forever. Bring it on, homie. And at that point, that's a fanaticism. That's a faith posture. The world can't challenge. The world can't defeat. And I believe that that's what's happening. Of course, I'm biased. You know, of course. <laughs> of course I'm biased. But I think that's happening. And I think it's unstoppable. And I think it's cool. Larry Fink is the CEO of BlackRock. I want to play a video for you. I want to talk to you about something. Go ahead. At BlackRock, we are forcing behaviors. If you don't achieve these levels of impact, your compensation could be impacted, okay? You have to force behaviors. And if you don't force behaviors, whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team, you're going to be impacted. And ultimately, it's still going to take time, but I am just as much shocked as Ken is that we have not seen more opportunities. We're going to have to force change. How do you force change, though? How do you do something more radical? Have you thought about that? Has the board of American Express thought about more radical things we could do to enhance diversity and inclusion? 
every citizen of the firm has to understand what is acceptable behaviors and what are unacceptable behaviors. If we are not a mirror of our, who our clients are, we're going to fail. You have to force behaviors. And One of the tactics, the clear strategy of the godless commies is to use corporations to leverage and compel behavior. He's literally telling you that. One of the benefits of joining a private association and doing direct product purchase with a company that's been around for nearly 40 years that's not part of this is that they'll never kowtow. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren, PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren is a portal for an American company. Been around 37, 38 years, almost as long as me, amen. And they are not part of that woke corporate godless karmi architecture. Tonight, I'm going to be doing a Zoom call at nowgotowar.com. Nowgotowar.com. I appreciate you signing up and joining me this evening at 7 p.m. Central Time. And I'll be talking about this opportunity at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. It is the opportunity to take your shopping that you already do and switch it to an American manufacturing company. If you don't like it, don't join. If you want to leave, no harm for no foul. Cancel any time, not a big deal. What is a big deal is knowing that there are people who are using and leveraging trillion dollar corporations to compel jobs, businesses, purchase habits, product placement, messaging that you get through your eyes and your ears, and then looking at something and going, well, I don't wanna do that because I've never done that before. Okay, if you don't wanna do it because you don't wanna do it, amen. If you don't want to do it because it's you've never done it before, well, then you just had a dude with a $10 trillion portfolio telling you he's going to compel behavior. He's going to compel these companies. They buy shares of the company, so they get a say at the corporate board, and then they demand that the corporate board reflects the values of BlackRock. Okay. <laughs> you want to be a part of that, go for it. I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part, and I am a part of a good community. American manufacturing, direct product purchase, cancel anytime, no charge, no hassle, no hard feelings. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaren. God bless. I want to talk about immigration. I want to talk about immigration. I don't like it. I don't like it because it's a it's a it's a nation destroyer. This meme I saw today. This is immigration. People, you know, raising their hands, saying, "I do solemnly swear to support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign, domestic, bear true faith and allegiance to the same." Amen. That I take this vow freely, without purpose of evasion or mental reservation. So help me God. Okay, that's what it is. But the bottom, that's a foreign invasion. There's a big difference. Now I spoke a couple days ago about Article Four. Section 4 of the U.S. Constitution, where the feds have to guarantee every state the protection against invasion. We showed in the Black's Law Dictionary where an invasion is an encroachment on another's right. If you're liberty, if you're property for many of these people, or if you're a young woman, uh, you get raped by a bunch of folks, there's an endangerment going on. Now, that's the thing. It doesn't, in this case, if the invasion is happening, you don't have to wait till you get trespassed. The danger is sufficient. If you show that people are coming over, if you show that they're there illegally, if you show that they're just pouring across, that's a danger. That's a trespass right there. I also showed a couple days ago where the state, which by the definition means a people, where a state is independently sovereign and in control of its boundaries. 
So if states understand that they are independently sovereign and in control of their boundaries, why are states allowing this to happen? We have bad government because we have bad understanding of law. Because we have bad understanding of law, we get the stuff that's going on. This is why I'm so privy to what's going on in the law right now. But then you think about this is the type, what I'm about to show you, this is the type of... Um, this is the type of effort that people are doing in order to stop this. This is a Finnish feminist group doing a dance telling immigrants into Finland to stop raping women. Watch this. Yeah, that is uh, stupid. They think that doing that stupid little dance is going to stop people who aren't from Finland, who are probably from Africa or the Middle East, from raping women. And that's a real thing, too, by the way. Tommy Robinson has, is, a Britain, is a British guy. He's been canceled. He's been talking about the rape of Britain for over a decade. People come from Africa. They come from Middle East. They come from not Europe to Europe. And the two cultures, the two customs collide. There has to be a stop to it. This is this morning's New York City Mayor, uh, what's his name, Eric Adams, goes on a MSNBC show and he's basically saying, listen, we need to stop illegal immigration. We need to stop immigration. Now this is interesting because this guy's a godless commie. This guy is a guy that, um, well, he's, you know, he is a leftist. So he's towing the party line. And so it's creating this uh, this leftist, woke, godless, commie, anti-America perspective is creating a rift in the politics of these leaders because at some hand, they have to toe the party line, which is this general trend of anti-America, right? Like America is a racist country. America doesn't need its sovereignty, open borders, destroy the white man, reparations, those types of things. Destroy the patriarchy, American families, you know, no Christian, no, no Jesus. Like those are the tropes that the Marxists that the godless communists, uh, that the America haters, the Christ haters have advanced. They've done it through the colleges, they've done it through the schools, they've done it through the media, Hollywood, whatnot. So now this is the trend, the trajectory, but you've got politicians that are like in the fire and they recognize we can't keep doing this. Here's Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City. It was uh, yesterday you said uh, you're on pace to spend $5 billion on migrant care in this fiscal year. To, to give people some perspective, that is more than the city uh, spends on sanitation, parks, and the fire department combined. So you're asking for money here. Do I have that right? Uh, a combination, more than money, because the faucet is uh, flowing. We have to stop the flood faucet. We have to make sure we have a real decompression strategy at the border. And we have to ensure that we have real immigration reform because it's going to go to continue. It's not sustainable when you look at 10,000 a month. Uh, the math just doesn't, does not add up. Now, let's take his idea there. The math doesn't add up. So now he's making a decision based on math. Are we, to are, we, are we led to believe that? Is he making his decisions based on math? Or does he have a political motivation? If he was in support of immigrants coming to his city before, did he ever think it would stop? Put this another way. He was good with people who were not supposed to be in America coming to, the New, York, to New York City. 
And then at some point, because he was in favor of that, because that was the general trajectory of the anti-American perspective. But then at some point, reality hit the dude. And the, the reality that whapped him was the, was the cost sheet, the balance sheet. It was the invoice. You owe this much money. And he's looking at this going, oh, I can't, I can't do this anymore. So reality hit the man. And now he's in a position where he's like, well, the, the math don't add up. Dude, haven't we been saying that for a long time? point that I'm trying to make is that illegal immigration is wrong. Mass immigration is an invasion. And I support President Trump. This is what the POTUS has to say about mass deportation. This right here, this right here is such a big issue. And I'm all in. Trump 24. Let's go. We'll immediately terminate every open borders policy of the Biden administration. Our country is being invaded. Following the Eisenhower model, we will use all necessary state, local, federal, and military resources to carry out the largest domestic deportation operation in American history. Amen. Now, what I don't like is that he's using Title 42. Title 42 is an editorial compilation of non-positive law. So it's never been passed by Congress. As a title, it's never been passed by Congress. Now, what I would want is those states that are independently sovereign to assert their own sovereignty and root those people out. So while I'm for this and I'm on board and I think Trump's the guy to do it because he's the only one talking about it, let's understand that the Constitutional Republic doesn't require Trump. It doesn't require the feds. You can do this at your state and local levels. You can do this already. Your county sheriffs can be doing this. This is the power of the notice. This is the power of understanding the law and the people in a republic telling servants and trustees what to do. This is why we're doing what we're doing at Operation Josiah, which is commonlawpeople.com slash Josiah. Join that link, watch the video, get the notice, participate in your republic the way that the founders intended, the way that you by right can, according to the law. Not a lawyer, no law school, not law advice. We are, by right, asserting what the law is and demanding people do their job that they swore to do. It is basic, but it requires participation. Stop complaining, start claiming. Let's do this thing. Amen. Now, I don't know what a direct energy weapon is. I don't know that they exist. It's a conspiracy theory, but in the last couple of years, conspiracy theories have been proven true. So I'm not going to go discredit this thing. But have you heard this story about Hawaii that's on fire? This is bizarre. Hawaii, what you know, 49th, 50th state of the union, out in the Pacific, a chain of islands, it is on fire, burning down because of tropical hurricane force winds. Are we sure about that? Because whenever I see tropical, or whenever I have heard about tropical hurricane force winds, it's normally, there's normally rain. And if you're an island, and hurricane force winds come, they're probably going to bring some water that's all over the place, right? So why is there so many fires going on in Hawaii? This is bizarre to me. I have no explanation for this. This is Lahaina Harbor in Hawaii. This is bizarre.
Oh my god! Oh my gosh! Unbelievable. This looks like Baghdad or something. Yeah, so it goes on, and for those of you guys listening to the audio podcast, thank you, but it's a guy, it's a couple dudes in a helicopter, driving around, or it's driving around, flying around, and just everything's burnt. Looks like Hiroshima. Looks like a, a, a nuke went off. Here's another video. This is going to have bad language, so if you don't like bad language, heads up. If you have little kids, heads up. I also can't prove that this is true. I can't prove it. So I'll just say, I, I, I can't prove it, but here's the video. And it depicts just a, a, a scene that you would not... Let me just set this up. Normally, like whenever I've seen videos of massive wildfires, California, Oregon, you can see them coming, and there's an evacuation. Now, I get it. You're on an island, and so where are you going to evacuate? But at the same time, where did they come from all of a sudden? How could a fire be so instantaneous and catastrophic in a, such a way that people would be in this position. Commentary follows. We're almost to the end of the meal. We're, we're almost to the, to the smoke stack. Oh, we made it. We found we're going to line on the road now pretty soon. But we don't, oh, somebody's down right now. Oh. Somebody's down right now. Yeah, somebody's down. Just go there. We cannot do nothing for her. Oh my God. Oh my God, bro. Just go. Just go. Oh, oh. We cannot do nothing for her. What the fuck, dude? Just go. Go, people, go. Beat the word. Oh my God, bro. Yeah, it's uh, dudes in a car, thick smoke, everything's on fire. Uh, you know, a woman, presumably dead body in the street. Now, this is why I think this is fake. Not that the fire's fake. But if you're driving out in the smoke and there's a single body and you are in an SUV and the body doesn't look like broken or bloodied or anything just laying there, and he's like, we can't go, let's just go. It's like, no, you can, you can, you could stop and check. So that's where I just think that it might be fake. So I, I'm skeptical, but at the same time, where do these fires come from? Like there's fires, there's clearly fires. There's a bunch of pictures coming out. There's a bunch of stories coming out. And this is where, for me, the reason why I point this out is, you know, people have said directed energy weapons, the deep state is using them against the people, whatever. I, I can't prove that. I have no evidence of that. I can see what I've been, I can see what I've showed. I can understand how people are explaining these things. But this is where you hold fast to that which is true. Prove all things, hold fast to that which is true. There's been several instances of fires kind of sp spitting up and doing things. Just a very bizarre, <laughs> a very bizarre world that we uh, that we're in. A uh, very bizarre world that we're in. Um, I mean, we, we we went through, I believe, one of the greatest psyops in the in the history of the world with all the jab, lockdown, COVID craziness. So I can't prove it, but I also can't deny it. And given the recent track record of the godless commies, I'm I'm inclined to think, yeah, they've got something that I don't understand. 
just means for me, I want to get back to the basics. I want to get back to the Bible. I want to preach the gospel. I want to prove all things, and I want to hold my government accountable. Maybe we should send a notice. Hey, government, do you guys have directed energy weapons? The family is a fighting force. There was an article that I saw this morning. This is a professor, journalism professor, claims children should be exposed to adult genitalia to prepare them for seeing naked trans people in locker rooms in shocking jab at Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines, of course, is the woman that was the teammate of the man that was on her swim team. What was his name? Uh, Thomas. Uh, uh, goes by Leah Thomas, but I forget what the name was. But that feminist right there on the left the professor is saying you know hey we need to train these kids to go ahead and see the genitals of of people that way they're used to it which is literally grooming i remember i tweeted a couple years ago that lgbtq was the gateway to pedophilia and i remember i got a lot of hate for that i remember right wing right wing watch i think said something about it media matters said something about it but people were like no that's not what we're gonna do and it's like listen bro this is romans one Romans 1 talks about whenever you've got, you know, a, 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 your bad thinking, your uncleanness gets you to vile affections. Your vile affections gets you to a reprobate mind. And when you are in a rep and you have a reprobate mind, there's no limit to the, to the depravity. There's no limit to the depravity. In fact, I saw this. I want to pull this up. This was, uh, you know, a cartoon. It says the American family plus contraceptive. Well, there's less kids plus abortion. Now there's only one kid. So now you're not even uh, you know, you're not even replacing yourselves. See on the top lot top top left of the American family, you've got enough kids that are replacing everybody, right? You've got you've got kids that are replacing everybody. On the second one, right there you've got contraception. So now it's less kids, no longer replacing each each other. It's just equal. It's, you know, two kids, two adults. Plus abortion. Now there's fewer kids. You're not even replacing your population. Plus divorce. Now mom's out of the home. Plus homosexual marriage. Now there's a dude in there. Equals confusion where the boy thinks that he's a girl. The family is a fighting force that has been attacked for decades. Now why? Why would the family be attacked by these godless commies? By these by all of every single one of these ideas is anti-Jesus. Every single one of these ideas is anti-Jesus. Now, the, the, the most recent one that I've come around from is the contraception angle. Now, from this, God controls the womb. I mean, like, the, the Bible says that God opens the womb. This is, the, this is true for Sarah. This is true for um, Hannah. God controls the womb. And if God controls the womb, then God's the one that's doing your family planning. God's the one that's blessing you with a child or not. So it's God's decision. Now that's that's a recent, for me, that's a recent, uh, you know, turnaround. And I'm not going to excoriate if people don't. Um, I'm not going to excoriate you if you disagree with me. Um, I'm I've just ha I had my position changed um, by the testimony of a of a brother's name Matt uh, Matt uh, Troella. Matt Troella um, said, "Listen, you know, we're going to put our faith in God. We're going to you know believe that He controls the womb because that they they thought that they were infertile." And so uh, then God blessed him with like nine more kids. <laughs> so it's like, uh, you know, if God wants to give you a kid, he's going to give you a kid. So I've had my, my mind changed recently because of that testimony, because of that perspective. When you recognize that God controls the womb, yeah, okay. Now, but I, I'm not going to talk about a salvation issue. I probably made a lot of people mad saying that. That's fine. 
you know, that's not my point for bringing this up. My point for bringing this up is that the deliberate attack on the family structure, family unit, the function, the productivity, the fertility, those types of things, that is something that has led us to where we are. So if you see these kids being groomed, gender jumping, cutting themselves up, you know, modifying their pronouns, all that kind of stuff, that is a deriv that 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 that's a der derivation. That's a derivation to what's happened against the family for the last few decades. It's taken us decades to get here. I wonder if it's going to take decades to get away, to to change. That repentance, that new mind, that's something that I think about and I'm like, well, I don't know what that's going to look like. But the family is a fighting force. So at the same time that you know I had my mind changed about the contraception issue, I also had a different insight whenever I was reading scripture. The Bible talks about nations. I believe, I'm more firmly convinced now than I ever have been, that nations are about bloodline and they're not about like geographic area. Not in the sense like when, when, when Jesus, I believe when Jesus says on the, in the Great Commission, teach all the nations to obey, I believe he literally means all the bloodlines, all the bloodlines, every family, everybody. Not just Germany, not just Italy, not just South Africa, not just you know Malaysia, nations in that regard. You and I think nations as like political constructs, political entities, you know, designated with their names, with their government structures. I believe that Jesus, and this is just my current thinking, I believe that Jesus is saying, teach all the bloodlines, teach all the nations to obey. I believe that, you know, definition of nation, it's a people in a place with a purpose. Christ wants all people in all the places to have the one purpose be him. A people in a place with a purpose. Go teach the nations to obey. That is how much of a conquest Jesus expects. That's what I believe. I believe that that's the conquest Jesus likes. That's, that's what he wants. That's what he's zealous for. Now, that conquest is only going to come through the gospel. The gospel is Jesus' way to salvation. That's God. It's God's power to salvation is the gospel message that brings everything to God through Jesus. In short, you and I are sinners. And because we are sinners, we are separated from God. The only way that we can be brought back to God is through a perfect sacrifice where we aren't punished. And that punishment was put and poured out on Jesus when he was dying on the cross and he was shedding his blood, that perfect, precious, sinless blood, that broken body, that traumatic, tragic, traitorous event that happened against him was for our benefit. And he did it out of love. He did it out of obedience to his father. And he did it so that there is only one way to him. And it does not matter. Here's the kicker. It does not matter if your bloodline is of Abraham. That don't matter. It's you have a bloodline. You are in God's image. And because you have a bloodline, you are in God's image. I believe Jesus wants you to obey him. And you won't obey him unless you trust in him and you have faith in him. And that won't happen unless you hear the gospel. So you need to believe the gospel to get right with God. And then whenever you get right with God and you are now in Christ and you have his banner and you are conquering with him for him because of him, the way that he would do it, he will work through you in ways that you'll never, never understand, in ways that you can't predict, in ways you may not even know. 
you blessing people like you know lord willing by god's grace someone's hearing this and they're like you know i need to read my bible or i need to believe in jesus or you know the 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 christian stuff was stupid because there was a holier than thou guy always finger wagging and telling me what to do and it was all it always came off as moralistic preening but you know i've never heard it positioned that i should establish a bloodline that affects generations it's never been positioned to me, the contraception angle from my body, my choice, it's my right, my liberty, don't tell me what to do, to I get to have the opportunity to have these children, and not everyone can have kids, I get that. My mom was adopted by parents, my grandparents, who couldn't have kids. And I named my firstborn son after my grandfather, who didn't have any kids because he was infertile. So don't, don't come at me with the uh, jeer not everyone can have it. I get it. But if you can, and God controls the womb, then you're putting yourself in a position to create a bloodline by God's grace that if you pray and you bathe that bloodline in prayer for generations, God is faithful. And when you see it like that, which is how I see it now, it makes me less important because now it's God what do you have for me that you want me to do as part of your plan as part of your kingdom as part of how you conquer and reconcile and love and bring people to you which is a completely different paradigm it, it for me it changes it changed everything it changed everything and this is why I have to talk about him this is why Lord willing I do what it is that I do the way that I do it because I want to glorify him I don't know if it, the things I do will work. I believe that whenever you prove all things and hold fast to that which is true and you demand perfection and the word of God shows you what that perfection is, when you have that diligence, that discipline, that devotion to what's true, I believe God will reward that. Now that reward might not look like what the world values. It might not look like what you value. I'm starting to believe that it was a very good thing that my dad went home to Jesus on February 1. Though that causes me hurt and makes me cry from time to time. I believe that that day, as I wrote on my Telegram channel, it showed me that God gave me a, you know, I was in a really bad spot. God gave me a gospel encounter. He gave me an evangelism encounter with a complete stranger who was open and receptive to everything. Because where my heart was, was hurting and I was in a really bad spot, God loved me enough to bring me someone that I could talk to about Jesus to get my focus away from my hurt and my pain and the, the temptation to be angry at him and to shift it back for what can I do for Jesus? I still hurt from time to time. I'm not like, you know, perfectly over it. But I know that I'm going to see my dad again. I know that I'm going to see Jesus again. And I know that's only because I, I know that I'm going to see Jesus. I know I'm going to be with him forever. And that's only because of the gospel. So these, these gospel calls at the end of my live streams aren't just an invitation to believe the gospel. It's an invitation to believe the gospel so that you can love Jesus, be with him, participate with him, go to war, conquer, and have your entire perspective changed from a political topic that's a hotbed left-right paradigm to what does King Jesus want? And I don't really give a crap what the world thinks about it. And now that I don't care what the world thinks and I'm doing stuff for Jesus, watch him destroy idols. Watch him move the mountains. Watch him split the seas. Watch him heal the broken. Watch him sing the praises 
in, in, in ways and from places that you've never heard before. Watch him open up the scriptures. The same words that you've read or heard for decades will now hit you from a completely different perspective. And it will be as though, wow, God, you've shown me a completely different side of yourself that I've never been taught. Because in my pursuance of you, I'm not listening to my favorite celebrity pastor. I'm not reading a book that's not the Bible to tell me what the Bible means. I'm reading the Bible and you from your Holy Spirit are cutting my heart, opening my ears, showing me who to look at. And by doing that, you are introducing me to things I've never heard of. It's uncertain. I don't know what's going on, but I know my faith is in you and I know that I trust you. And as that happens, the more that happens, you watch this world change. You watch people come to Christ. You watch him get the glory. It's awesome. It's awesome. But it starts with the gospel. It starts with the gospel. And when you get off track, it gets back to the gospel. <laughs> when, you, when you get off track and you're like, man, this sucks. It's like, what's going on? You get back to the gospel. That's your solution. That's your salvation. That's the healing. That's the help. That's the deliverance. That's the solid rock hard foundation that never moves is the gospel by the word of God. That is your guarantee. That is your assurance because God is good and he said so. How, why do you believe it? Because he said so and he's good and he doesn't lie and I trust him and he made everything. So if the one who makes all things said, I have to do this and this is it, I'm going to do it because I believe him. And the world will ridicule. The world will insult. The world will confound and attack. And that's fine. I'm going to be here forever anyway. <laughs> Amen. Hey, appreciate your time. Believe the gospel, friends. The best way that you can help me is at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. If this has educated, enlightened, informed, inspired, or otherwise encouraged you to do stuff, one way that you can bless me and my family is by taking the shopping you already do and switching it to patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Enter that, go there, and you will be welcomed aboard to a private membership association whereby you will be doing direct product purchase, cancel at any time, no cost. If you don't like it, no hard feelings. If you don't want to join, that's fine. And there's other ways to support me. The links are in the description. Consider doing the recurring or the one-time love gift. That's the link uh, below. I appreciate the support. Thank you very much. God bless you, Lord willing. I'll be back tomorrow, Friday. Until then, I am, until then, <laughs> until then, I am Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Do not quit. Go to war.